You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. This is my story, right? And my story, your story, is, is connected and intertwined with God's story. And that's what we're going to be focusing on these, uh, throughout these next 10 weeks as we uh, go through this the Tree of Life series where we look at God's promise of salvation and where we see that, that Jesus is at the very beginning and at the center and, and will be at the end of human history. And we'll look at real historical events that actually happened and see what they teach us about who Jesus is. And so as we look at Jesus, as we begin this series, it makes sense that we should start at the very beginning. Right? Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, this is uh, such an important phrase as it begins God's Word. It was one that was uh, spoken to me over and over in my first Hebrew class, where I was encouraged to memorize this in Hebrew. So it's one of two phrases that I know in Hebrew. Right, Bereshit bara Elohim et hashemayim ve'et ha'eretz. Right, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and there will be a quiz on that. See who can remember that by the end of the service. Right, but as God created, He created out of nothing. He just spoke. He said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Right, and as as God spoke, He spoke multiple things in, into existence. He He spoke the sky and the dry land into existence. And, and in the heavens, he filled that with the sun and the moon and the stars and the, the dry ground he filled with, with plants and animals and, and all of mankind. And as we hear that story, you might be wondering, I thought we were focused on Jesus. Where is Jesus in the midst of this story? Well, the evangelist John tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. John tells us that Jesus is the Word, and Jesus, the Word, is God. And so as God speaks things into existence, He speaks with, through His Word. He speaks through Jesus into existence. And so Jesus was there in the beginning, an integral part of creation. But as we look at creation and as we look around us, as we look at everything around us, we wonder, is this really what God created? Right? This, this mess that around, that's around us, the, the natural disasters, the, the wildfires and the droughts and the floods and the, the earthquakes and the hurricanes and the tornadoes, is this what God created? The, the, the crime and the war and the sickness and death, is this what God created? And, and, and what is He doing in the midst of all of this? Well, to answer the first question, we go back to Genesis 1 where God saw everything that He had made, everything that, created, that, he, that he had created, and behold, it was very good, right? It was completely complete. It was perfectly perfect. 
And there was evening and there was morning at the sixth day. So what God created was good and pleasing and perfect, and what we see today is not. And all the, all the bad things, all of the natural disasters, all of the, the sin and the, the ugliness of this earth, it all came into existence through the choice of Adam and Eve. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. So if you, were, if you were just coming into this for the very first time and you started to read through the Bible from Genesis all the way to the end, you would get to page 2 or 3 and you'd start reading Genesis chapter 3 and you go, well, serpent, what, what are we talking about here? And so it's not obvious yet who the serpent is, but we see bits and pieces throughout Scripture. And if we go to the, the very last book of the Bible, Revelation, we read that this ancient serpent, who's called the devil... And Satan, he was the deceiver of the whole world. Right, so who is this devil? Well, Satan was created as a holy angel, and not just like a, a worker angel, he was an archangel. He was one of the, the most powerful angels. Think of him like a, a four-star general over, over lots of angel armies. But he wanted more. Right, the power that he had wasn't enough. He wanted to, to be like God, and so he led a rebellion. And, and the, the Bible doesn't tell us how it happened, just that it did happen. But he, he leads a bunch of other angels with him into a rebellion against God and gets banished from heaven and becomes an enemy of God and an enemy of God's people. And so, so the Satan decides that he's going to try and turn God's favorite creation, his people, Adam and Eve, against God and, and to get them to join in the rebellion, to get them to desire to be like God. And so, so he says to the woman, did God actually say that you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? But the woman said to, to the serpent, well, we can eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but, but God said that you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, and neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so we get, we get two people who are talking, or two beings who are talking about this fruit and what will happen if you eat, or if Adam and Eve eat of this fruit. And God says, you will surely die. And the serpent says, you will not surely die. So we get a direct contradiction between God and the serpent. And so this is an obvious question with an obvious answer, but to whom should Eve have listened? To the one who created her? Or to this other created being whom Adam and Eve have dominion over? Obviously, right? Adam and Eve should have listened to God. But there was such an appeal to that temptation, to be like God, to, to know the difference between good and evil. And so as, as this text continues, it's Moses who hundreds of years later writes down these stories in all of the five books of the, the first five books of the Bible, writes them down for us. But Moses gives us a picture into what's going on in Eve's mind. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit, and she ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, 
and he ate. Right? And so we get this picture into the mind of Eve from Moses, but we also get this picture uh, into the mind of Adam and Eve a number of years later in 1 Timothy chapter 2 when we read, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So interesting, Adam was not deceived, but Eve was deceived. And this would be an easy place for guys to go, ha ha, women, they're the worst. However, before you do that, guys, Eve was deceived. She thought, this must be a good plan to move forward. Adam saw through it. Adam saw through the lie. Adam knew that it wouldn't bring wisdom, knew that it would bring death. And what does he do? Nothing. He doesn't step in to stop Eve. And even worse, he takes the fruit and eats of it himself. And you think, what a dummy. Good thing I've never done anything like that. Right? Can you relate to that knowing that there's something that you shouldn't do? Knowing that it will lead towards evil, lead towards death, and you do it anyway? Now, for sometimes, sometimes when we do those things, the consequence is days, weeks, months, years later. Sometimes we don't even know a consequence that comes, worldly at least. But for Adam and Eve and for all of mankind, there was an immediate consequence for the eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and so they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloth, right? That one moment changed creation forever, right? And so as you, maybe you were thinking back to one thing that you've done or multiple things that you've done knowing that you shouldn't do them or shouldn't have done them, how often does that lead to immediate regret, right? After you've done the thing, then you go, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Times that by a million, probably, and we get what Adam and Eve felt. Because through their actions, human nature has changed drastically. They've replaced the image of God for, their, for selfishness and sinfulness, for a sinful image placed on them. And that sinful selfishness has continued to this day to give rise to every single evil that we know. Not only that, but as, as humans, we are now powerless to turn towards God or to even love them, even to love Him. And even worse than that, we are born enemies to God. Seems unfair doesn't it, that, that the action of one or two people thousands of years ago would, would lead to you and me being separated from God at birth? doesn't seem fair to me. doesn't seem fair to you. Why do we suffer for all that Adam and Eve did? Well, as God's creation, we are intimately interconnected. Right? Think about driving through Omaha or through Chicago or New York or L.A. And, and think about getting stuck in rush hour traffic. What happens if one person makes a bad decision in that rush hour traffic and gets into an accident? 
Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't lead to just one or two people inconvenienced. It leads to thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people being inconvenienced, right? Because we are all interconnected. So what's, what's God's solution to all of this mess? You know, He could have, at that moment, snapped His fingers and wiped everything off the face of the earth, wiped the earth away and said, I'm starting over. Plan A didn't work, it's time for plan B. But God loved His creation too much for that. God loved Adam and Eve too much for that. God loved you and me too much for that. And so this God comes walking through the garden to seek and to find His lost children. Right? Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Right? They, they found themselves exposed and, and naked, and they're in fear, and so they hide from God. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said to him, well, who told you that we're naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I asked you not to eat or commanded you not to eat? Right? Can't you, can't you hear a dad saying to his kid, did you do what I told you not to do? Right? And, Callum, there's, there, right, you should think that Adam would go, yeah, I did. Right? Here's a perfect opportunity for Adam to confess what he has done. But what does he do? Well, the woman that you gave me, it's her fault and your fault, God, because you gave her to me, right? He blames God and Eve for his problems. And so God turns to Eve and says, well, what did you do? And the woman said, well, the serpent deceived me, and so I ate. And so then God turns to Satan and says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring, and he, uh, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So notice here, before God has even announced a punishment to Adam or Eve, he is already giving a promise, right? In this moment, God announces his salvation plan that, that, that God's only son, that God's son would become human and crush the serpent's head, right? And we see thousands of years later, God's Son, God's only Son, Jesus, comes to this earth as a human, and throughout His life, He is tempted by Satan, but He does what Adam and Eve and what you and I were unable to do, and He withstands that temptation in our place, in our stead. But even as a perfect, sinless human, He's led to the cross and is tortured and hung on a cross where your sins and my sins and Adam and Eve's sins were, were placed on his shoulder. And as he lowers his head and breathes his last, as he cries out, it is finished, Satan thinks that he's won. But really all he's done is bruised his heel because as Jesus is laid into the tomb three days later, he's, he's out of there. Right? He rises from the grave and in that moment he crushes the serpent's head. And so Satan, while still dangerous, is defeated and dying. But there's still consequences, right, for our actions. There are consequences for Adam and Eve's actions, and they are, they are escorted out of the garden. 
And now when the, instead of the, the, the earth working with them and, and producing fruit without much work at all, now they're working, now, now the earth is working against Adam and Eve and they're, they're, they're creating fruit by the, by the sweat of their brow, which we still see today when we work and labor and toil hard to put food on our tables. We see the, the curse today when our bodies get sick and eventually wear out. We see that curse today when, when bad things happen. But there's coming a day where that won't last forever, right? There's coming a day when Jesus will come back, where, where Jesus will defeat Satan once and for all, where he, will, where he will land that final blow against the devil, and he will restore his creation to perfection where He will make all things new, where He will give you and all those who have faith in Him new and perfect bodies that will never have sickness or will never suffer again, will never have pain, will never have tears, and will never again die, where the perishable will put on the imperishable, where you will be made new. And best of all, in that day and for all eternity, we will bask in the glory of God forever. What a glorious day that will be. Amen? Amen. Amen.